For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And by whom he justified, them he also glorified. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being called your sons and your daughters. Lord, it is a privilege, it is an honor to be a part of your family. It is not by anything that we have done as human beings, but Lord, it is it is by your grace, it is by your infinite mercy that you have chosen us, a people who 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 are apart from you, who are unrighteous, who are filthy. For, Lord, before we entered into our mother's womb, you knew us. You had a plan and a purpose for us. And we thank you, Lord, for these words. We thank you for the plan of predestination. We thank you for what you have done in our lives. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for saving us from ourselves. 
We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your shed blood, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come before you to discuss your word, to illuminate uh, what you have instructed us to do. And by your word, it is by your word that we have been set free. So we thank you for what you have done. We thank you for also for what you're about to do. Let your kingdom come and let your will be established. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Good evening and thank you once again, my brothers and sisters, for joining me on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Thank you, Dr. Ganny, for allowing me, uh, and also thank you, Mr. Ganny, for allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Uh, it is a pleasure being with my brothers and sisters once again in this time of reflection, in this time of fellowship, in this time of study. Uh, for anyone who has any questions, uh, feel free, or who maybe you just want to uh, uh, pass the number on uh, to someone who might be able to benefit from the teachings you know, on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Our number is 646-668-2413. Again, that's 646-668-2413 for anyone who uh, would like to uh, share. Uh, this information uh, with anyone on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. The teachings are impeccable. It is a blessing to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio, and it's not just myself. Uh, there are other uh, uh, host, uh, hostess on uh, Kingdom Empowerment Radio, Pro Prophetess Tahima McLean. Uh, she's with you every first and third uh, Monday of each month. And uh, along with others, so it's not just myself, it's many others who are part of this uh, kingdom family. And uh, once again, it is a pleasure being with you this evening. And again, my name is Chaplain Kevin Graves. I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. And tonight's topic is uh, a controversial one. Um, uh, <laughs> Whether it, was, whether it was back in the 16th century uh, or the 21st century, it's a very interesting topic, uh, which is called, I titled it, Calvinism versus Armenianism. Calvinism versus Armenianism. And I had opened with a scripture in Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 20, 29 and 30, uh, which I'll read again, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. My brothers and sisters, for those who uh, are listening and who are not familiar uh, with the name John Calvin, or, or Jacobus Arminius, uh, I, I really uh, implore you to uh, do a study on these two gentlemen. It is a fascinating study. A study. Uh, it is a study that dates back to the uh, 16th century during the Protestant Reformation. And uh, to give you a little bit more background on John Calvin, who was a French theologian uh, during this time period, um, I should also say uh, yes, he was a French theologian, but he was also an attorney uh, who, la who later became a pastor in Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, his particular uh, system uh, of study, uh, which is known as Calvinism, 
focuses on the sovereignty of God's word. It teaches that God, by his grace, predestines people into salvation, that Jesus died only for those who, who are predestined. Moreover, God regenerates the individual by the power of the Holy Spirit, where he is then able to and wants to choose God. And, that it, and, and as we know, uh, uh, you know, the Bible even speaks about uh, Jesus even said, excuse me, that uh, we never chose him, that he chose us. Um, and it also teaches that it is impossible for the elect of God to lose their salvation. Uh, when we study this, uh, there's a scripture in First uh, John going there now in fact um it's in first john uh chapter two first john the epistle of john the first epistle of john chapter two verse 19 which reads they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would no doubt have continued with us but they went out that they might that it might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So for those who are believers in Jesus Christ, who acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, and who uh, are going through this process, uh, no doubt it is a very it is a very difficult process, uh, but the scripture is saying, well, if they were truly of Christ, most certainly they would have continued. But there was a manifestation that they weren't actually of Christ, and this is where uh, each and every day we have to really examine ourselves and say, Lord. Uh, help me to stay on this path. Lord, I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to fall off this track here. Uh, Lord, keep my mind fastened on eternal things. Keep my mind focused on you. And uh, this is what uh, Calvinism uh, teaches, that the elect uh, of God do not lose their salvation. Uh, there's also an acronym that is used in uh, Calvinism. And for those that have their uh, pens and paper, please take notes. I'm, I'm going to give you a Bible scripture as well, so this way you can reference scripture. Uh, we started with Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30. I just read to you First John chapter 2, verse 19. I'm giving you arguments here for, for uh, Calvinism, and I'm also going to give you arguments for Arminianism uh, as well. Uh, the first letter in TULIP, as we know, is T. Now, in, Calvin, in Calvinism, this T stands for total depravity, which is also known as total inability and original sin. And what we can do is we can also go to uh, Romans, chapter, Romans chapter 3. I'm sure we probably all know the scripture by heart, but I'm going to go there for those that don't. Um, Romans chapter 3, which says, Romans chapter 3, verse 10, which reads, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. 
And again, that's Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. So T is for total depravity. And then we have unconditional election. I know that sounds unusual. Unconditional election. We've not earned this thing. This thing, we have not worked or labored or are qualified for this election process. There's nothing in us where, again, as I just read, we're not righteous. And this is something that we did not earn on our own, excuse me, earn according to our own works, according to our own righteousness. But this is freely given to, this is freely given to us by God's grace and by his mercy. Go with me to uh, the gospel according to John chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 16. And the word of God reads, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Amen. Now, let's go back to the book of Romans. We should have stayed in Romans. Going forward to go backward. So you can write that down too. That's, uh, that's in uh, John's gospel. Gospel according to John chapter 15, verse 16. And now we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go back to Romans again. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 9. And I'm going to start at verse 9. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, verse 11, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And that is unconditional election. And let's move forward. Now we're moving to L now. So now we, we have the T, we have T, we have U, and now we're going to move to the L which is limited atonement. Now, I know that even sounds even more bizarre. Limited atonement also, and this is also, this is also known as particular atonement. And now we're going to go to John's Gospel again. John's Gospel, chapter 10. I know we're all over the place, but I'm giving you these scriptures to support the argument. That's why uh, we're, we're, we're doing it this way. I'm merely, I'm merely giving you the scriptures to support the arguments. So for those Calvin, Calvinists out there, uh, I'm giving scripture to support uh, why uh, uh, this particular teaching, uh, and I don't know how popular it is. I'm sure it, there are a lot of Calvinists out there and also people who believe in Arminianism. But anyway, uh, John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 11 and 15. The word of God reads, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That's in verse 11. Verse 15 reads, as the father knoweth me, even so I, the father, excuse me, as the father knoweth me, even so know I, the father, 
and I lay down my life for the sheep. Amen. And now we're going to move to irresistible grace. This is the eye and tulip, irresistible grace. And we're going to go back to Romans. I know we're back and forth. Romans chapter 9. And then just so you know, in fact, uh, as you're in the book of John, do me a favor. uh, Put a bookmark next to John chapter 6. That's going to be for the pea and tulip. So you're going to bookmark the book of John, John chapter 6, verse 47. But right now we're going to go back into the book of Romans, and we're going to read verse 16, which says, Romans 9, 16, So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. That is the era, that is That represents the eye, uh, which is irresistible grace in tulip. I'll read that again. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. And now we're going to go back to the book of John. Book according to John, Perseverance of the Saints, also known as Once Save, Always Save. And we're going to go, to, that's chapter 6 of John. Chapter 6, verse 47 which reads, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. So there you go. That's tulip. So my brothers and sisters, that is Calvinism or part of Calvinism uh, in a nutshell. And this is what the Calvinists believe in predestination that God foreknew before you entered into your mother's womb, that God knew you. He had a pre he had a predestined or predetermined plan uh, to to save you. That there was a purpose before there was a big fact before there was a heaven and, and before there was an earth, God had a plan for you. He had a plan for us. And, and and since I'm on that subject, and since we're talking about this whole plan and and predestination and election, uh, my brothers and sisters, it, this is a very difficult lesson, not, uh, even for me to understand at times, uh, that God would elect some but not others, that he uh, would set some aside. And how do we know we're the elect? Um, who are the elect? Uh, well, that's what we don't know. And and, and for those who are uh, followers of the teachings of Jacobus Arminius, uh, many uh, will say, well, then that makes John 3.16 void. Because according to John 3.16, Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The followers of Jacobus Arminius believe that Jesus died for all, not just for the elect. In fact, uh, the teachings of uh, uh, Arminius, uh, he he also believes in predestination, but not in an absolute way. We know, we know God to be absolute, but there, his he, in his particular teaching, he maintains that God predestines. But in this in this particular sense, where God was able to see into the future, uh, to see uh, who would then choose Him. So, 
it, 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 it's a, a predestination, uh, not necessarily what God foreknew, but what he was able to see into the future. And he was able to now see that uh, these particular uh, men servants, women servants would, would acknowledge him as, as Lord and would follow him. And, and from that, uh, he chose them. Uh, okay, so, and, and therefore, and therefore, uh, uh, Jesus, knowing this, he died for all, not just the elect. And furthermore, that each person decides whether they want to be saved or not. Now, this obviously bumps heads, it, 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 it bumps up against the election uh, that uh, John Calvin uh, believes in, that uh, God uh, has a predetermined plan, that there, are, that there is an elect of God. Um, now, what's interesting about this, now there are many arguments here for Calvinism and Arminianism. Um, a, a very interesting argument uh, is you know there's, there's a scripture that says so it's in Matthew's gospel. Uh, since I opened my mouth, I'm going to go there. I'm giving you a lot of scripture because again, I want to support what I'm saying. I want to support uh, Arminianism and Calvinism with scripture. And my brothers and sisters, uh, let me also say this: I'm not trying to cause division here within the body of Christ. I, the, the whole idea is not. I'm not looking to confuse anybody. And I don't want anyone choosing sides either. But what I do want is for you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to say, Lord, I want your word to become real to me personally. I know John Calvin had his view and Arminius had his view. But, Lord, what are you saying to me? What do you say? Speak to me personally. Uh, as uh, John Calvin uh, receive revelation according to to what he believes in, and our, Jacob our, Jacobus Arminius received uh, revelation regarding uh, what he is saying. But what is God saying to you? So the whole purpose here is not to divide the church, but merely to bring information, and that's all I'm doing here. I'm not looking to at the end of this segment. I don't want anybody confused. I don't want anyone scratching their head saying, um, I don't know who I should kick. Okay, uh, yeah, I believe John Calvin says the word of God says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and 30, for God foreknew, yes, I understand that, so therefore I, I guess I lean more towards Calvinism. Or you may say, but wait a second, um, uh, God says that he, or Jesus says that he, 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 he that, that God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He sends rain on the just and the unjust that ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on evil and on the good. So, therefore, that's an argument for Arminianism. So, wait a minute now. Um, I'm confused. Uh, why would God only select a few people and elect a remnant who are all over the world? So, when God, so when the Word of God says, uh, for God so loved the world. Remember, beloved, that elect, that remnant is in the world. We don't know where they're at. They're scattered all over the globe. So 
whoever this elect is, they're in the world, they're all over. And God has predestined. Now, I know I'm making an argument for Calvinism, and I must say I lean more towards Calvinism. However, however now, I do see some arguments for Arminianism. So um, I can really take from both and learn from both Arminius and Calvin. So, and the whole point here is that we sit down, we discuss this thing logically, freely, without debate, without argument, and we say to ourselves, okay, how can I learn from this? What is the purpose of Calvin saying what he said? What is the purpose of Jacobus Arminius? Is this a strategy to divide the church? Is this a strategy to bring argument? Well, Unfortunately, it has divided the church. Unfortunately, it has been a point of contention. Unfortunately, it has been uh, 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 an argument that has divided the church, but that's not what we're trying to do here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. What we're trying to do is educate. What we're trying to do is bring to uh, uh, the forefront an understanding of what this is truly all about. So at this time, it is 7.27 p.m. I would like to open up the phone lines for all those Calvinists out there and those who follow the teachings of Jacobus Arminius. Um, I would like to take this time to open up the phone lines for any discussion uh, regarding this. Again, our phone number is 646-668-2413. Excuse me, 646-668-2413. So all those believers of our or followers of Arminius or Calvin, please give us a call. We'd like to hear what you think uh, regarding this uh, particular topic, which is Calvinism versus Arminianism. Call you on the air. God bless you. Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Nathan in Orlando. Uh, you know, I don't Nathan, know. Too, I don't know too much about the Arminian thing. But when I first got saved, and 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 I'm gonna say, I, I'm I, I, when I say I'm, I first got saved, I, I I look back on it, and and I don't even know if that's when I got saved as I learned the scripture more. Uh, uh, mm. Here's the deal: whenever I was born, this I'm gonna say this before I get into what I'm gonna say. When I was born, I, whenever I was conceived, I don't remember that day. I, I don't remember mm. the day I was born. I don't remember the day I was born. I, I, I can point to the evidence of the date that I was told and the date that, that the, the doctors recorded on my birth certificate. And and you know what? There's a chance that that ain't even true, and the place that I was born ain't even true. We we don't know. Okay, I don't know. We can go back. But the thing is, the proof that I was alive wasn't those stakes that were documented, as they say, the stakes that were put down in the ground. What what was the proof was that I had life in me. My first thought was a few days before my third birthday, I was born on the 28th of November, uh, 1960, and, and I remember my earliest thought was my mom getting up off of the couch, going over, cutting the TV, and going over, picking up the phone, and dialing somebody and saying something about somebody that just got shot. I didn't even understand what I was hearing, but the emotion of that made it so conscious in my mind. 
and and years later I learned that that was a few days before my third birthday. It was John F. Kennedy that got shot. My next my next thought, conscious thoughts is my mom getting up with my brother every morning and going out in the front yard and standing with him when the bus came to work, uh, pick him up. And my mom would let me know the bus would be here in a few minutes, and I'd go out there in the afternoon. And I was I, that was my first thought. Okay, now you might be sitting around discussing now with all my flaws, am I really alive? But, you know, mm. with all my flaws and inability to communicate as the next guy, as much as the next guy, or as well as the next guy, I, I, the proof that I'm alive. And whenever I got saved, I went through a period, and let me give you a brief, brief, real quick. My mom and dad split up whenever I was 12. I didn't realize it, but I, I went, I uh, got depressed. I didn't know I was depressed. But but you know I didn't I did I quit my activities I was real involved in sports and and in music all that I lost my interest in it and then years later when I was old enough I quit going to school when I turned 16 they quit bugging my mama okay mm. when I turned 16 I I moved out and got on my own struggled with being behind. And when I was 17, I didn't realize it. I started hanging out with some guys, partying, having some good times, and I went through about three years of living in the fast lane. I didn't understand this, but I always remembered from my childhood and going to church two verses, and these verses were always in my mind, John 3:16 and John 10, 10, and 11, 10, 10, and 11. Uh, and here's what's weird. If I would have gotten a wreck, got and, and was bleeding, and I knew my, the life was living out of me, leaving me. I had enough information on those two verses to call out wow. what I really didn't understand and escape hell. Okay? Wow. Uh, when I was 19, was actually 18, uh, uh, I, I, I got, met a guy, started talking to him, asking him questions, and struggling through stuff. And I, I really didn't want the religious stuff, but... When I was uh, 19, a couple months before my 21st, my 20th birthday, I went to him, and the only thing he told me was, Nathan, the only way God can do anything with your life is, is if you give it to him. He won't violate your will. He gives you free will. I got on my knees right then. He didn't lead me in a prayer. I just said, God, I, I, I'm making a mess of my life, and I'm making a, a mess of other people's lives. I want to... I want to. Uh, I just need you to do something with me. I got up. I thought at that point I just got born again. Okay. Mm -hmm. I went to church the next Sunday. That was a Thursday. I went to church the next Sunday. I, I went over and told my neighbors next door I just got saved. Had a beer in my hand, and they're looking at me because I'm I'm the guy that was always telling a joke, right? So they thought I had some kind of a game going on. But I said I want to go to church with you guys because I just got saved. Sunday morning I go to church. I tell the pastor I I got saved. I need to get baptized. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew from my childhood people got baptized after they had a religious experience. That night I went to church. I got baptized. I come back down out of the baptistry, you know, with my dry clothes. This guy comes up to me and says, you want to go to a Bible study? And I go, yeah, he's about my age. He says, okay, be at my house. He gave me directions tomorrow afternoon. I get there. He's got two other guys. He shares, goes through, he reads through the, the and explains the four spiritual laws out of this track, turns to me and says, Nathan, share with these guys just what happened to you. And I shared with them not specifics, but just generally what happened to me and the prayer I prayed. And I know these guys. They hang out at the same place that I party, 
okay? Mm. And they're sitting there with their mouth open, and they think maybe it's some kind of, I'm being funny because I always got a joke. It's usually a dirty one, but uh, I'm, and they're just sitting there looking at me. But they, they got up and walked out of there like, wow, you know? Well, I go to <laughs> church, and I'm sitting on the back row, and people aren't bringing me in. I'm a young guy. I don't fit into church culture, right? And I struggled. Yeah. And, and for the next year, I, I didn't get off the ground. I, I would fall out and get drunk, and, and, and I had to go back and apologize to these two guys and just told them, you know, I had problems. They didn't understand what was going on. But after about a year, there was a guy in the church started spending time with me, and I started growing. And then a, a, about a year after that, a, a couple invited me into their home, and they discipled me, and I took off like a jackrabbit, man. I was growing, and I realized what the Word of God was doing. And the whole time, the pastor is is real strong into Calvinism, and right. and he didn't believe I was saved. And I mm. asked him years later, when you had your children, did you bring your children home, put them in the crib, and explain to them? Because he always told me, you need to be reading the Word of God. Well, guess what? I quit school. I was my favorite subjects in school was recess and and lunch. You're sitting here telling me to read this thing. I try to read it. I don't understand it. What I needed was to be spoon-fed, and these other people spoon-fed me. And he's sitting around watching my inconsistencies and concluding I wasn't saved. And I asked him years later, when your your son was born, your children, did you bring them home, put them in the crib, and tell them the kitchen's at the end of the hall on the right, and the restroom's the first door on the left? You know, mm-hmm. and when they got old enough to go out into the the neighborhood and play, and you told them, "Be home before it gets dark." If they were not home after dark, did you just conclude they weren't really your children? And mm-hmm. the pastor said, "The problem with the church in America today falls at the feet of the pastors." And here's the thing, and I'm not going to trash Calvinism or Arminism. Arminism, I don't understand that one yet. But here's what I, the the problem is. A man will believe, he will behave according to what he believes. And if you believe that, that you know, um, because of Calvinism, that, that God has picked certain people before time, he's got foreknowledge, he's already decided. And I believe that. God knew before, before the world that if I would ever come to know him. Okay, but it's not for you to decide because you don't see me growing, you don't see me get saved and start walking on water and reading 2,600 words a minute. You can't wow. determine that I am not saved and not not stick a bottle in my mouth, and especially wow. whenever I don't fit into church culture. I'm coming in there with blue jeans, boots. I got a big old four-wheel drive mud truck and a motorcycle, long hair down on my shoulders, and you think that the proof that I would be saved is if I show up the next Sunday after I got baptized in a suit with a clean-cut, shaven face, you know? And that yes. is the problem. The, what, what these doctrines, whatever it is, the thing we got to remember is these doctrines are the character of God. It's not, it's not our character. It's not for me to sit around and decide that you aren't born, or you're not really alive, because okay. you don't fit my image of what being alive means and and uh i know i don't i know i sound a little bit dogmatic in what i'm saying but but i have seen since 1980 the church being 25 to 35 years behind the issues because we got this mentality you know hey i'm rich because i learned how to manage my money and these people over here um you know they just i guess they're not blessed by god 
because they're always mm. drunk, you know. And I, I just yes, want to yes. give that 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 uh, that idea. I know that doesn't really answer all the questions you're looking for, and I'm I, and I'm not going to say I believe in that God has foreknowledge. I believe. And, and that, that one man might be, it's already not determined by God, but God's knowledge, he already knows that one guy's going to go to hell and another guy's going to go to heaven. But I'm not the one to, to, to decide that about you or the guy beside you. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's what right. I think where we fall into a problem on, on these doctrines. You know, you I see, and, and, and every denomination denomination has its pet doctrines, and they get it. You know, it's like our minds are on a track, and mm-hmm. and it's hard it's hard to deal with this guy unless your mind is on that same track, and and it's hard to challenge him if his mind is on a track. That's powerful. Oh. Nathan, thank you, my friend. God bless you. You are you you're more than one hundred percent correct, and that's right. Uh, who are we to say because you don't fit? a particular mold or you're not moving quick enough uh, or or let's say you go to church one Sunday and you don't go to church the second Sunday. Oh, okay. Uh, you, we need to stay out of God's business and I think we interfere to our own detriment. And uh, Brother Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that. That well, I, I, well what? Yeah. yeah. Here's what here's what made me call in. And just before I hang up, this is what made me call in. You asked the question: Is this a plan to keep us divided? I believe it mm. is, but I don't think mm. if you believe in Calvinism and your co-host is Arminianism, I, I don't believe you two have decided to think differently because. You disagree with each other, so we're going to be divided. I think that that there is the the, the enemy of our souls is working mm. in you, working in your partner, and you guys are sitting here back and forth, and we're taking sides just like uh, you're going to be a Democrat and I'm going to be a Republican. Our mind gets on that track, and, and yeah. it's limited to that track. And so the mm. enemy the enemy is the guy behind behind it all that we don't see and and that's the forces of satan and 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 all the of his forces are the ones that's doing this and and as long as a pastor is looking at someone that says and and thinks because of the fruit you know uh, uh if you see a guy that doesn't read as fast as the next guy are you going to conclude by that fruit that he's not really a human maybe wow. his early education wasn't as thorough as the next guy, or maybe he's so far okay. behind that whenever he gets caught up, he never does reach that level of, of, of you know, articulation that, that the next guy did because he's been in it, or, you know, it, it, a lot of this stuff has to do with discipline, environment, but, but the thing is, is just because I don't read as fast as you or speak as well as you, can we say that I'm not human? Maybe I'm less mm-hmm. of a man than you, but can you say that I'm not a man? You know, that's what we need to be thinking on. But I, I'm going to hang up and keep listening, but I just want to let you know, yeah, we do. i answer your question. We do. We are divided, but it's not by our pastors and our pastors or any other Christians in positions of influence. They haven't sat down and thought, well, I'm going to figure out how to divide people. They're trying to win people's minds, and they don't realize behind the motive behind their enemy. Mm. You know, he's, he's the one that's setting a trap, and he uses... That's why Jesus told uh, um, uh, 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 Peter, get behind me. Now, you know, it's like, man, this guy just called me the devil. 
You know, no, he didn't. He was talking to somebody that's influencing your thinking. That's right. You know? So, but anyway, I'm going to hang up. I'm enjoying your show, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you, and God bless you. And you're absolutely right. Whether you follow the teachings of Jacobus Arminius or John Calvin, it's nice that we can talk about this. I'm of the mindset that if we can sit down and talk, I and I'm just not just me, uh, and Dr. Ganny, we, 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 we share the word of God with not just people of different faith. It could be an atheist. The bottom line, the love of Christ has to manifest itself here. Uh, we have to stop being, uh, you mentioned the word uh, dogmatic, religion uh, comes into play when we need to be nurturers. We need to say, okay, this, I was where this person was at one point in time. I wasn't born this way. I wasn't born mature. I had to go through a process. And we want mature believers and are not willing to walk people through their process. And that's the problem. We want a finished product. We don't want to take the time to roll up our sleeves to get dirty. To, to, to help people along, because at one point in time, we needed help. At one point in time, we were in and out. We were, the word I like to use is vacillating. We were in and out of the church. We go to church on Sunday, but still we were doing things that were considered uh, not exactly of God. So we have to be willing to roll up our sleeves, intercede for, for, for people, Understand that they are going through a process. There's a lot of spiritual warfare, and which you had mentioned, that people go through. And we have to be discerning to see that and to see that, okay, I see what this, is, I see what this person is going through. There's a lot of warfare going on here, and, and we need to help them through their process. And, and, and Brother Nathan, I want to mention something to you. You mentioned the word uh, evidence. And there was life in you. And this is what people are going to to look at as well. You can be well-versed in Scripture, quote Scripture very well. But what stands out is the evidence. And since we're on that subject, uh, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, um, Jesus had asked Peter a question. Uh, He says, uh, when Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Excuse me. And they said, Some say that thou art the, thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto me, but my Father which is in heaven. So people are saying all sorts of things. Some people say, oh, you're Jeremiah, Elijah, John the Baptist, or some prophet. But then the question became more personal. It became more personal. And he asked 
and a pointed question, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Why? Because there must have been some encounter for him to come to this conclusion. There was Religion did not reveal this to him. No man revealed this to him. But there was a supernatural encounter or experience that took place for Peter, for Simon Peter to come to that conclusion. So with that said, uh, Jacobus Arminius, who I didn't discuss very much, is, uh, uh, was a Dutch theologian uh, during the same time of the Protestant uh, Reformation period. And uh, he, uh, he maintains that God uh, a predestined man, but again, uh, his methodology or understanding is that God uh, saw into the future that man would choose him, and that's how he uh, set aside uh, a, a particular people or a remnant uh, that would follow him, uh, and that Jesus died for all. Now, uh, what Christian wouldn't think that? What Christ- oh, wait a minute, I thought Jesus died for all people. And there's a scripture, uh, the Canaanite woman. Now, remember, Jesus was sent for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but that did not stop him from healing a Gentile's woman, a Gentile woman's daughter, who was vexed with the devil. So here is the Son of God who is sent for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but because of the faith of a Canaanite woman, her daughter was healed that very hour. Now, that woman was not of the house of Israel. She was a Canaanite. That means she was, she, she was not of the 12 tribes of Israel. But God in his mercy, what does... Exodus chapter 33 verse 19 says, means that God will show mercy and grace to whom he will show mercy. It is his decision, not ours. It is his decision, not ours. God will show grace and mercy to whom he chooses. So who are we as finite thinking human beings, whether you be a Calvinist or you, be a, or you are an Arminianist, Who are we to say that, okay, Lord, this is the way it should be, or this is the way it should be? We're finite thinkers. God's word says, he says it very clearly in the book of Isaiah. He says, my my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So no one can comprehend the mind of God. So when, and, and as far as the elect go, we don't know who the elect are. The elect could be sleeping on a park bench. The elect could be a homeless man who, who, who is panhandling, and people are saying, who is this person? Oh, he doesn't smell very good. Why is he always begging? For, every time I see him, he's begging for money. That could be the very elect of God you're talking about. So my brothers and sisters, we've got to be very, very careful who we look down on who we criticize. And this is why Jesus never said not to judge, but to be careful in our judgment, to be careful and compassionate in in, in how we judge people. Because many of us judge people wrongly. We look at them wrongly because we look at them and say, oh, this person's slow. So, So in your mind, because that person isn't able to get information as fast as you, you say, oh, this person is slow. And you look down on that person. 
not knowing that, wait a minute, can God quicken that person in the spirit? Absolutely he can. As the brother said, he says, you know, we look at people, oh, this, this person doesn't read as quickly as the next. Okay, well, maybe there's a deficiency. Well, if this person doesn't read as fast, maybe you can help them since you're criticizing them. Instead of criticizing them, let's talk solution. Help them. Okay? So this is what we're talking about. So, Brother Nathan, I'm, I thank you very much for, for, for calling in uh, from Florida. And, and at this time, um, since we only have an hour in the program, my goodness, there's only 10 minutes left. I would like to open up the phone lines once again for anyone who has any questions or comments. The number is 646-668-2413. I have approximately 10 minutes in the program. I'm probably going to do a part two on this because it's so good. Uh, but, I would, but I just wanted to at least lay the foundation uh, of who John Calvin is and, and who Jacobus Arminius is, because I get the feeling uh, that there's more to be said here. Uh, caller, you're on the air. If there's anyone on the, on, on the line who would like to uh, 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 comment or if you have any questions regarding uh, tonight's topic, Calvinism versus Arminianism, uh, please, by all means, we, we, we welcome all here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. God bless you. Caller, you're on the air. Hi. Good afternoon. Evening. Good evening. God bless you, woman of God. Yes, I just have a really brief question. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The um the story with um with Judas in the Bible. Amen. Yeah. Say that it was God's predetermined plan for him to betray him, and if so, is that fair? Did he get an opportunity to truly exercise his true will if all things are really predetermined? Mm, wow, that that's very good. That's very good. You know, you know it's interesting. Um, I was doing, a, as a part of this particular study, uh, I was looking into that. And so that's a very timely question that uh, you, you asked, Women of God, and thank you so much for that. You can answer another time if it's not enough time. Perhaps we can get into the next segment if it's okay. Oh, oh okay. That that's fine. But I am. Oh, I'll touch on it now. Uh, okay. since, since you brought it up. Uh, well, you know, you know, Jesus, you know, did say, uh, "Have I not, have I not chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil?" Um, that that comes into play. Uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. You know, God's will, His predetermined will. Um, who can fathom the mind of God? I would say uh, that was a part of the plan. Uh, Judas made a decision. Um, as Jesus spoke, uh, and we know that he's a prophet, and he did say yes. Judas was one of the 12, and he chose him. Absolutely he did. Uh, but at the same time, God will not violate the free will of the chosen. Judas made a decision to go in the direction that he went in. Jesus made it very clear. Yes, I have 12 disciples here. But one of you, hmm, one of you is a devil, which goes back to the scripture that I had read in 1 John chapter 2. And I'll go back there and read that again for the sake of time, I know time is, is running out here. Um, 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. 
which reads, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had, excuse me, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might, that it might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So, yes, um, there are going to be some who are going to follow, and there are going to be some who are going to fall by the wayside. Now, that was the case even in Jesus' ministry. Um, there were many, because of his sayings, uh, did not follow him any longer. Why? Now, they followed him for a season, however long that was, but there came a point in time when Jesus would speak, I'll, use an, I'll, give, I'll give you an example, uh, where Jesus said, Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's a very tough saying for a Jew, because uh, first of all, eateth his flesh, drinketh his blood. They were forbidden to do such things. So uh, they, they were very much taken back by what he was saying. They couldn't understand what he was saying. And they were very much perplexed by what he was saying. So they said, wait a second, uh, eat your flesh, drink your blood. Uh, who can fathom such a thing? And they walk with him no longer be because of these sayings. So, but they didn't understand what he really meant. What he meant was, whosoever believeth in me uh, uh, shall, 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 in essence, be risen on the last day. Whosoever believeth in me shall not perish but live and shall be uh, risen on that last day. So it wasn't a question of eating his flesh and drinking his, drinking his blood, but believing in him and the works. So uh, I hope I touched on your question, but I'm going to continue with that. That's a very good question, um, uh, and I do want to continue with that. It is approximately 7.55 p.m. I hope I answered your question, woman of God. Um, if there's anybody else on the line, um, we can close out five more minutes. If there's any other caller callers on the on the line who would like to ask a question or comment, by all means, do so now. If not, then I'll continue. Okay. Well, my brothers and sisters, with the remaining time, this is actually a, probably a two or three hour conversation. We can't really get it all in in just one hour. Uh, but, again, the whole purpose of this conversation on Calvinism and Arminianism was not to divide, but to merely enlighten, to share information. Uh, hello, is there someone on the line who would like to make a comment? Yeah, this is Nathan again. I'd like to respond to that last lady. Uh, yes, there's yes. something I, I noticed, um, and, and I, I believe God knew. And, and you know, anybody can guess, but only God knew before the time about Judas. But one thing I noticed with Pharaoh, he hardened his heart. He hardened mm. his heart. And after so many times, the last time, God hardened his heart. My pastor right. back then, and uh, he's along the lines of John MacArthur, then when you hear them talk about the, the, the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and asked, What must mm. I be saved? And and he went away grieved. It says Jesus felt compassion, and he went away grieved. And they conclude that this guy made a choice against God and would be in eternity for hell. I, I say, wait a minute. You don't know if that was the beginning of the repentance process. You don't know if he's been in the repentance process. 
he has to use it's remorse that bring we don't need to be sitting around determining the way one guy uh, responds at this point in his life or any point to determine that it got settled at that point you mm. know it goes back yeah. to whenever i was born uh, we will only be able to say i'm dead is whenever i have no more pulse or brain waves mm. that's all Amen. the mysteries of god again like i said all of our doctrines we need to study them but we got to remember that we can't we're not god and we can learn stuff and then behave like God towards other people when it's not our job. We just need to leave that stuff we don't understand up to God. But our doctrine mm-hmm. does determine how we live and how we think and behave. Right, exactly. And 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 with all the with all the disciples, all of them made a choice and they have a free will. And one thing about, you know, Judas uh, being one of God's chosen. And I think that's a lesson in itself there that not everyone's going to finish this race. And I think what we need to also take into account is yes, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And this race is not for the swift and you're right, brother. It's not for us to determine uh, okay, this person started uh, relatively slow, but now they're picking up speed or they start quickly, but now they're slowing down. And for those who are struggling uh, in their faith, it is our responsibility as believers to lift them up, to help them through the race, to put our arm around them, uh, to caress them. Uh, it, it's tra- Judas's ending is tragic. It, it is. Uh, but nevertheless, it is a reminder and it is a warning that uh, it's not where you start, because even if God has chosen you, it's important that we surround one another, because as being the chosen of God, there are trials and tribulations. And when we see a brother or sister going through trial and tribulation, it is our responsibility to not condemn them, but to lift them up in prayer, to intercede on their behalf, and and, and, and to be uh, what uh, Jesus would be. And... um. Well, unfortunately, within the church, uh, we don't have this mindset, and, and we're very critical in some in some churches. I don't want to condemn every church here because I don't want to speak for every church. Uh, but in, in many cases, we are critical, and and we're 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 not uh, 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 encouraging, and we're not uplifting, and and in those areas, we, we need maturity. We we need to. Uh, uh, grow, and we need to learn what it means to be Christ-like, what it means to love, and 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 love is the essential uh, uh, foundation of this. Because if we truly love our brothers and sisters, and not just loving those brothers and sisters, but loving those that don't love us, loving our enemy, then once we begin to understand this, once we be, we begin to now enter into this understanding uh, that wait a second, um, Christ is love. God is love. And until we begin to reflect that, we will forever be on the outside looking in. It is approximately 8 p.m. I want to close right there. Brother Nathan from Florida, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to do a part two on this because this is a very, very interesting topic. Uh, Dr. Ganny, thank you for uh, 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 contributing as well. I I was reading uh, uh, the text there. Uh, Thank you so much for those who are listening in, women of God who shared. I hope I was able to at least answer your question somewhat in part. There's more to come. 
uh, I'm going to do a part two. I'm going to. I'm just going to say it right now. So, Brother Nathan and anyone else, and a woman of God, anyone else who's listening, um, I'm going to be on uh, the fourth Monday. Uh, I'm sorry. Re- let me rephrase that. The second Monday of the next month, which is March. So, I'm going to do a part two on this. On as far as the next topic. So, Calvinism versus Arminianism, part two, will be coming up in the next segment. Uh, again. This is Chaplain Kevin Graves on Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated. Thank you once again, Dr. Ganny, Mr. Ganny, for allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio to share uh, 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 this message. And we're going to get a little more into John Calvin and Jacobus Arminius so we have an understanding of what these men were about and their teachings. And I want to again thank the callers. God bless you for calling in. Uh, again, this is Chaplain Kevin Graves, who's, ever, who's with you every second and fourth Monday of each month, and it has been a pleasure. God bless you, and have a good night. Thank you so much. Bye now. <laughs>